welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Uh, my children have started expressing interests in extracurriculars. Oh my. I know. I'm, I felt we should discuss this. I'm very stressed about it. What, what kind of extracurriculars? Well, so they'd already both taken dance classes, but in that way that like... It wasn't, you know... That everyone takes dance classes? Yeah, like a lot of people when they're younger will just sort of take... Like, I took some dance classes. I was never serious about it. I am not a dancer, and I didn't want to be one. But, like, a lot of people took dance. And so it was kind of like that. It was, like, once a week. It was chill. That was it. Um, But now Cooper wants to do gymnastics. Which... Which, like, if you're going to do anything fun in gymnastics, I feel like you have to devote at least a little bit of time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. To, like, learn flips and stuff. Like, you can't just, like, casually flip. Yeah, that's true. I mean, she's pretty young. She could learn how to, like, pro flip now. She started now. She'd be good. She'd get there. Be good. She wants to do... foster an Olympian. Gymnastics. And then Charlie wants to do tennis. Oh, boy. Well, I know. We have a family legacy of tennis. <laughs> it has to be upheld. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to... I, I want her to explore whatever she wants, but I wish she would explore softball, perhaps. Wait, wait. What, what is the difference there? Because you played softball? I played tennis, too. Well, but, like, you mostly played softball. I played softball and soccer and tennis, and I dabbled in basketball. <laughs> I played all these things. That's what Charlie should do. Charlie should play basketball. <laughs> no, no, Charlie should not play basketball, in fact. That, I was worse at that. I was worse at that. Well, I can imagine. Yeah. I also would be very bad at it. So. Uh, I, no, I don't know. My recollection of having participated in all these various sports is that on my softball team, I felt like very, like I have very positive memories of the team aspect. I felt very supported by my teammates. I felt it very supportive of them. Um, like, I I remember when someone would, like, strike out or drop a ball, feeling like, how can I help make them know it's okay and make them feel good? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, And I felt like that was the attitude. It was a very, especially for a bunch of young girls it was very like women supporting women kind of positive bonding that was my experience of softball i felt good and i felt good about the people around me and it made me feel good about myself i would not say that my tennis experience was like that i I feel like i had the exact opposite experience really i i mean my main sport was tennis but i also played softball and in softball, uh, sometimes, uh, I mean, my mistakes weren't just my mistakes. They were like a dozen other people's mistakes they had to deal with. So that was a lot of pressure. And then sometimes, even if I did good, someone else could do bad, and I was still a loser. And that was awful. Whereas at least with tennis, I was on my own. And if I won or I lost, it was up to me. And it was my shame or my victory and I did not have to deal with the burden of anybody else's emotions on me. But I, 
That is also why I enjoyed tennis. Yeah, that team sports are a nightmare. <laughs> yes. But I don't but the thing that I didn't like about tennis is that in order to get into your position like your seed, right? Seed. Seed. You play each other. Mhm. Yes. But then at the end of it, once you're all in your spots and that's settled, now you're just supposed to become a team. Well, but only like, in the loose not... sense that like you're all playing for the same school, but not in the sense that like you have to go out there and work together. But you know see that mean? that really bothered me cuz we'd go together and call ourselves a team and like practice together and what and like somebody's mom or dad would bring us all snacks together. But like we weren't really a team cuz we all kind of low key hated each other by the time we played all the matches for who's you know who got no, what seed who the, why, why was there hate there, there was, was hard one expect respect like i have bested you thus i am seated above you and you yeah. respect me now mm. no, no no there was I, a lot of anger especially animosity it's so, my especially my feeling was that since i i came in kind of late to the tennis game i was not like a from from cradle tennis player mm-hmm and I disrupted the natural order of the tennis team. I wasn't the best, but I wasn't the worst. And I think I should have been the worst. See, and I just, I just felt, I just felt hate um, because I went and played tennis at Catholic school. So that's like. I don't think Catholicism is anti-tennis. No, but mm-hmm. we all know the kind of people that Catholic school, you know, <laughs> can can create, right? Right, we all Wait, went there. Now listen, we all had a vague foray into Catholic school, and I'm not pooping on anybody or any faith. I am don't, just saying that my I'm not pooping on anybody or <laughs> any faith. I'm just I'm just saying that in my personal experience, some of the people I met there were not very nice. I mean, I would but, say that about my public school experience. To be fair, see. I, I well, like- but Catholic school's so much smaller. You don't have as wide of a as wide of a, a net to cast to try to find nice friends. It's like, oh, there's six other girls in my class, and they all don't like me. Well, that's it. <laughs> I you don't have to, any more. You all just looked at this the wrong way, because uh, I too was not. I I mean, I was one of the captains of my tennis team because I was high enough seated that the top two spots were captains, and I was not a. Not a tennis girly. I didn't have a, a fancy coach or anything, but I won. And so they had to deal with me because they needed me to win. And that was my angle. <laughs> like, I know none of you like that I'm here, but I've worked hard enough to become your boss and you need me to win. And we did win. And I made them wear tie-dye. <laughs> I just wanted wanted us all to be, you know, supporting each other and like, when somebody would lose or whatever, like, oh, it's okay. Like, come here, give me a hug, and let's do a cheer together, and we'll <laughs> share a slice of pizza. No, and, I didn't want to do in cheers the dugout. With we'll all just like, and then we'll have slumber parties together. And I, I can see myself <laughs> resting somewhere in between both of you all in this in this debate because I did not like team sports. I like Taylor wanted my victories and my losses to be my own. Um. But I also hated 
competition. I played competitive tennis and I hated the competition. When we'd do practices and like we would just do like scrimmages, I was great. Like I was good. I would win. I'd do good. And then as soon as I was out there and it was a, a game that mattered, I did bad. Did bad. Real bad. Made me nervous. I also probably had anxiety at that point that just wasn't diagnosed. So there's also that. See, I, I will. I mean, I don't think I, I don't. I think competition is a tricky thing. I I do not consider myself competitive now, or rather, the person I try to compete against is just myself. Yesterday, I feel like that's a healthy way to go through competition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, I felt like I, I I had something to prove because it is like I mean tennis. I get your hesitancy with tennis because let's be real, tennis is also it's a sport for very rich kids and thank you yes. yes this is this was the problem with catholic school tennis was like they're, they're, you're already there among you're already there among very privileged people no and, i got and, yes. i got ripped apart for like wearing like t-shirts and and yeah. shorts like cutoffs to practice oh, because yeah. everybody had their cute little matching tennis outfits i did not they have spent those. a lot of money I, for I remember the moment that I realized that the, those tennis skirts sometimes have little shorts under them that have pockets for balls. For balls. Yeah. yeah. And I remember thinking, like, well, I would have worn a freaking skirt if I'd known there was a ball pocket. <laughs> I always wondered, like, where did they just tuck that ball? I, they had the ball. <laughs> And then they're all magicians, too. They're tennis players and magicians, and the ball disappeared. How did I make it? I was top-ranked doubles player, and I didn't figure that out for the longest time. Well, you had a teammate to hold your balls for you. (laughs) Apparently. I remember the first time I walked into a middle school tennis practice, and one of the girls that came in was carrying one of those giant bags for rackets that had, like, six pockets in it and took up your whole back. And I remember looking at her just like, why do you need so many? Why do you need so many rackets? I have one racket. (laughs) I have this one. And I have a tiny bag I put it in that's the exact same size as my racket and it has a strap on it. The only reason I have it is so I can put it over my shoulder and carry it conveniently. But why do you need six rackets? What is it for? I I remember the first time I had a a string break. It was during a practice. But like, everyone was like, well, just get it to use your other racket. I'm like, I I have one. What do you mean other rackets? (laughs) You know, I went to dad. I was like, I need it. People have more than one racket. He's like, oh, we got to get you a second racket. And he got me a second racket. Like, you know, but yep. that was a foreign concept. I, I didn't know you, you got, you got the one. Surely they got to give you like a, a a timeout to figure something out. No? You lose yeah, the match? They expect you to oh. whip out a second <laughs> one. You're just yeah. supposed to have a second racket. I don't know. I told her we played Wii Tennis today. And um, I was hoping that would maybe satisfy the tennis urge. Uh-huh. You know, when I was her age, I played at some camps, um, tennis camps, but they played with like the big, I almost said softballs. They're not softballs like that you play softball with. Yeah. But, like they're like the bigger size, like foam ones. Yeah. That you can learn how to play with so that, you know, they don't hurt. I, I told her I would take her and teach her. I don't want to send her to lessons at some of the places where you take lessons with other kids because she's just, she's going to be there with kids who've been playing tennis since they were big enough to stand, you know? And but yeah, she's still so young though, Sid, like we started when we were in our teens. Yeah. But the kids we played with had started a long time before us. I just don't, I want to teach her at least the fundamentals first. Like here's yeah. how to hold a racket. Here are the rules. Here's what scoring is. I can show her that stuff. Yeah. And then I'll 
expose her to other kids who play tennis. She could learn pickleball. That's all the rage now. Yeah, pickleball is a big thing. You know, I think that's pickleball scores have three numbers. No, three numbers for two teams. I don't know anything about pickleball. Why do you need that? But isn't that also a rich people thing? Well, I mean, I can't tell. I don't know who plays it. It plays. It happens on tennis courts, but that's all I know. And watching the crowd of people that play it, I'd assume so. But then I looked because my friends played a lot, and I was like, well, maybe I should get paddle ball paddles to like play that sounds fun and they're really not that expensive like Mm. they're much more affordable than a tennis racket well i don't the equipment was never the part that implied that you had to be rich to do tennis it was just the 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 air around it yeah you know it's a lot of the local pickleball courts have a lot of olds on them so (laughs) maybe it's like a retirement sport yeah, you know? I don't know. I don't know. Like you just have a lot of free time. I just, I, I love that they do theater, and if they want to do dance, I'm gonna keep. That's fine. That's good. I think sports are fun. I think I, if you find a sport hey. you enjoy, it's a fun way to. I mean, I remember always being very like good, tired after like a long tennis practice. Like, oh, I feel good. I've done I, good work. I, I'm very tired. I'm gonna go to bed. Good. Listen, I have already extolled the virtues of softball. I. Had a wonderful experience. I wish I was still on a softball team. I wish I could play softball now. Um, I feel like the potential for injury is lower in tennis. Like serious injury. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. I mean, you can get seriously injured in tennis. But. I I, I also played soccer and I got seriously injured in soccer. And watched many others get seriously injured. Have you considered maybe like track cross country maybe trying to move them in that direction that's I a very try, but therapeutic sport there's no direct confrontation i mean it is competitive but it's also it's a lot of mind over matter there's a lot of zen to be a good runner i had a lot I of like it's a very good country. sport yeah. yeah it's a very healthy like healthy for your mind sport because you can't do it without kind of finding a a peace with yourself i'd say I, Although, this is why this is why I'm the wrong person to get them into it because that's why I can't do it. Oh well, <laughs> I can't. I can't. There, I, there is never a Sydney piece can't in my be mind. alone with her thoughts for that I, long. I, like Sydney can't literally, find I can't. I can't be alone with my thoughts. Literally, I mean that's absolutely a hundred percent the truth. If I'm alone for longer than ten minutes, I just start to unravel. Um, <laughs> you know the downside if if your kids do cross country. Mm-hmm. I learned. I dated a guy that did cross country, and if you go to watch the meets. It's not like track where like they're right there on the track in front of you. They just kind of start all at one place, and then because it's cross country and it's long, then they just like go off into the woods and run. And you don't there's nothing to watch. You just sit and wait for people to start showing up again. It's not even fun. It's not fun to watch. Yeah, that's fair. At least tennis is fun to watch. Just wanted them to be little theater nerds like we were. Sydney, you cannot. We were all both. Yeah, yeah. We all did both. Yeah. You cannot they're going to be theater nerds too. Like they're, well, they'll, they'll, I mean, they like that. They still want to do theater. Just let them be what they want to be. I am. I am supporting them in all these endeavors. Gymnastics. I'm supporting Cooper. Yeah, I, I don't know why we, we just skimmed over that and focused on the tennis versus softball thing, which, like, that's a conversation. But gymnastics, I think there's a lot more. I, I should clarify gymnastics, gymnastics started today. We've I, already, we have already launched into gymnastics. I, I just, can't. Gymnastics is really hard on young young bodies, and there's a lot of really 
dangerous thinking that goes on in that. Yes. I'm not typically yes. a fan of gymnastics or endorser of it. Either. But, but, Cooper is a child that loves to throw herself at things. Like, literally physically throw herself. And, like, jump off things and do flips. So, maybe at least this is how she learns to do it in a way where she, like, won't break her neck. Yeah. My thought was, it's a once a week... It's a very much just a tumbling for fun mm -hmm. kind of course for little kids. And that is all I am willing to commit to. I think there's a second factor that you need to consider here where every new skill that Cooper seeks out, she is arming herself <laughs> for the future. I don't like I, she's going to learn That's gymnastics and then maybe archery and uh, then I don't know like she's just going to collect her skills and then no oh, one will be safe. Do archery. <laughs> you know what Charlie told me yesterday speaking of collecting skills we were at Best Buy it was me and dad and Charlie and Cooper and Charlie and Cooper kept running away because we were waiting for someone to help us with something. I was like wait you guys can't run away you got to stay here with us because someone big could grab you and we wouldn't be able to save you and Charlie said baby sis and Cooper started laughing at me. And I was like, what? What? She said, I know Taekwondo. <laughs> <laughs> and Cooper said, yeah, she knows Taekwondo. And they both were laughing at me. I said, Charlie, I love you. If someone that is 10 times your size comes and grabs you, I don't know if your Taekwondo is going to help you. And she said, um, just because someone's bigger than me doesn't mean I couldn't flip them over and take them to the ground. Okay, I you don't. should see when she starts doing the spin kicks over and over and over again. It does. It is that like make yourself too much trouble to bother with yeah. kind of energy. That's definitely what it looks like. Like whoa, whoa. You know what? Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Like I never want Charlie to actually be in that situation, but I would love to see like a demo of what that situation looks like where Charlie feels like this person's trying to attack me. I need to use my dangerous Taekwondo, Taekwondo. skills. This is the moment. This man over. <laughs> I want to see that so badly. She was confident. She was not kidding. She was serious. And I was like, okay, you know what? I believe in you and your skills. I still, I want to keep you in my, in my sights, please. Mm -hmm. No, she's very confident. Cooper's always confident that Charlie could defend her. Mm -hmm. Cooper was. Cooper, Cooper was laughing at just, me for not thinking She it. would just creep somebody out. Yeah. She'd look at him and drag her thumb across her throat one time. Like, she, oh, never mind. She listens. They listen to the Beetlejuice musical soundtrack all the time now. Um, they love that soundtrack. And they play the song Dead Mom over and over again to me. <laughs> wow. And uh, we were out picking oh, blackberries. No which is it's so wholesome. We're out picking blackberries and as we're kind of on a hillside and I took a step and I slid just a little bit. I mean, I didn't fall or anything, but I caught my balance. And Cooper goes, huh, be careful or you're going to be a dead mom. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks. Five-year-old. Oh my God. I made the mistake of telling her I knew the songs from that show. And last night she looked at me and said, do you want to sing Say My Name? And I said, oh, doesn't Charlie sing that with you? And Charlie said, I'm busy. And I said, okay, am I Beetlejuice or Lydia? And Cooper said, I'm Beetlejuice because Beetlejuice has more lines. He's <laughs> literally the name of the show. And I said, okay. <laughs> Do you know how mad she gets when she asks Alexa to play Say My Name? And the song, <laughs> Say My Name, Say My Name, No One Is... She gets so mad. She's <laughs> like, no, from Beetlejuice! <laughs> <laughs> oh man 
Okay, we've got um, to talk. Anyways, we it's been way 20 too much minutes. Time. I, know, I know, I'm sorry. We, I just talk about your musical artist. Yeah, um, we're uh, we're we're not talking about Beetlejuice. Um, we're talking about Noah Kahn. I think mm-hmm. that's how you say his name. I think in interviews that's how he said it. It's spelled like Kahan, but I think it's Kahn. Um, in his album Stick Season in parentheses, will I'll be here forever, mm-hmm. which I had you all listen to for this week. Yes, that was definitely a vibe. Yeah. It's different than uh, the the Taylor Swift mm-hmm. I've brought. Yeah, Charlie was uh, with me while I was listening to it, and she said, "Mommy, are you sad?" <laughs> I was gonna say it's a heavy vibe. Mm-hmm. It is a heavy vibe. Um, yeah, I so so this album, uh, the first iteration of this album, like the standard version, came out, I believe, in October of last year, twenty twenty two. Yeah, uh, and this extended version just came out June 9th of this year. Um, most of the songs are the same. There are just a couple that were added towards the end um, to the extended version. Um, he uh, He's very popular on TikTok for mm-hmm. his song Stick Season, the titular song, and for the song Dial Drunk. Okay. That one is currently very popular on TikTok. I liked that one a lot. And it also, it was like something in my brain connect, like I've heard. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was something in there. That was also Charlie's favorite. Really? I don't know. Interesting. Um, she was looking for something with a beat. She was like clapping on her leg. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Yeah. I like this one. It's <laughs> like, okay. She, she wasn't listening too close to the lyrics. I guess. Nope. She was yeah. not listening to the lyrics at all. She was just yeah. bopping her little head. Um, I think the reason I like this so much and... He's he talks a lot about how all of his songs are about how he grew up in New England in like a very very small town, mm-hmm. um, and although we did not grow up in New England, I feel like there are a lot of things he sings about and writes about that we can relate to having grown up in Appalachia. It feels very similar um, in terms of like vibage. <laughs> well, especially with the kind of folk beat to it, where it's like yeah, this uh-huh. is about like growing up in New England. Like oh, this is this is folk. Like it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Really, it's the sound you associate with New England, but... Yeah. yeah. Well, I had no idea. When I first heard his music, I heard um, I heard Stick Season and Dial Drunk, and then the next song I, I heard was... Um, oh, what's it called? Oh, my God. All My Love, which talks about, you know, I it's, it's like a song to an ex, basically, but saying, if you ever need me, there's no hard feelings, you have all my love, you're out there chasing your dreams and doing cool things, and I'll be back here where I've always been you know, in mm-hmm. our hometown. And he says with the pills and the dogs and it's singing about like being here and then the song, like, um, where is you're going to go far has very similar vibes where it feels, um, I think Vermont, I think you're right. Oh, I think Vermont. Um, well, I don't know anything about Vermont. I also don't know anything helpful. about Vermont, but <laughs> to say like, mm, that sounds like Vermont. I have no idea. <laughs> well, but I heard those songs that both talk about leaving like your small rural, towns Mm -hmm. before knowing he was from new england which of course when you listen to the first song northern attitude talks about he's being he's he was raised in new england Mm -hmm. um but i don't know i almost feel like it's more i i can't say it's more relatable than if you're from (laughs) new england because he is but you know what i mean like i feel like i can relate to a lot of what he's singing about there's a there's a okay i think when we talk about new england and Taylor, you live there, so like, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't. Okay. 
Well, it's the point of contention. I don't think it's a point of contention. I just think when you think New England, you think like, like Boston, yeah, Vermont. I did not think New York City. No, it, I guess I don't. But I mean, technically, New York City is its own thing, baby. Well, I would. Let me I would argue what is that, New England. I would argue that New England has several different. Like, I, I would argue it's not one thing, right? Because there are parts of New England that are almost. Because I often think there's some like Canadian folk music-y kind of stuff that feels very relatable to me. Like I've heard a lot of music from like rural parts of Canada that I think like this could be from West Virginia. Yeah. Like I vi- like this is totally our vibe. And I think there are parts of New England that are similar to that. But like that's not Boston, you know, I mean, um, you know what I'm saying? I hate to break it to you. The Internet is telling me New York is not a part of New England. Well, what technically is New England, then? Well, I will tell you. It's Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Rhode Island. Yeah, that sounds how'd, right. How did New York get left out? Because we're New York. Well, there is the next question it suggests me to ask is, why is New York not a part of New England? <laughs> oh, um, because it was first settled by the Dutch. Oh. It's not actually... Because you were New Amsterdam. Yeah. Old New York was once New Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, see, I, I'm Why just working off. I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> they liked it better that way. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just going off vibes because I feel like New England yeah. has a vibe and New York has a vibe, and I'm not judging either vibe. They're just different. Mm, but you do live in New York, so I think we could kind of guess which one you're judging. I think we could kind of figure. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, no, I just, you know, especially those places you name, like that's like. I don't know. I I, I, I have not been to many of those places, and I'll be totally honest, this is not shade at all. They all are basically the same place in my head. Like, that's all just kind of one Northern American blob up there. The great Northern American blob. Yeah, and it's just like, it, well, when you're going from Vermont to Maine to Massachusetts, like, it's all just, that's all, that's I mean, all up there. I feel like, the same. I feel like there's different vibes up there, but then I can't attest to that, because if that's all of New England... I've been to Boston. Well, and I think that's bo- it. I mean, that's, that's all. I mean, like, that's all I know of New England, apparently. So I can't. I mean, I don't feel the, like I can. Well, that's the first place I thought of when the I vibe. heard New England. So see, the vibe of Boston is so different from the vibe of Massachusetts that I just don't know. Mm-hmm. I think big cities do their well, own thing. And yeah. like, OK, is Connecticut in New England? Yeah. OK. Yeah. I don't think Boston and Connecticut are the same in my head. Like, those are two very different vibes, right? Well, but well, New Hampshire and or not uh, Massachusetts and Connecticut. Yeah, like if you Aren't go outside of Boston to just yeah. like a Is small town in Massachusetts, <laughs> I don't know. Talking states, just not feel like cities. Everybody's got a a a, a wharf and <laughs> some some Johnny. crabs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, cold beaches. Yeah. Dawson is there. And yeah. Joey and Pacey. I don't know. Witches. The Gilmore Girls. Yeah, the Gilmore there, Girls right? are there. Uh, the there. witches from Practical Magic are up there. Some witches. Salem's up there. Salem's yeah. pretty cool. I feel like Honestly, there's a New lot England of, sounds like a pretty cool like a lot yeah, of New apples. Apples. A big apples. Apple place. Orchards. Like Cider. a lot of lovely gardens. Like it's always yeah. fall in New England, it's right? Isn't fall. it always fall there? I think so. 
They have a different climate you know, season. I, know I fully like. believe that someone could make an album of, of sad rural songs from New England. It's it's just not it's a it's we relate to it, but it's not the same as what we yeah. grew up in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I okay, I get that. That was kind of my feel was like, ah, it's kinda like how sometimes people from Canada write these songs and I'm like <laughs> Is that Canada? It sounds like West Virginia. Oh, it's just apparently there are parts of Canada that are a lot like West Virginia and vice versa. (laughs) Hey, when something's good, multiple cultures will will come up with it all at the same time. Why does every culture have a way of putting meat on a stick? I don't know. Must be good. It's a great question. (laughs) You'll you'll never know, Tay. You're not going to... Figure that mystery out. Great you have to unanswered do, questions. Yeah, you have to do more research, and you're never going to know. I ate meat for thirty years. I, 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 the research is. It's everybody came up with the same good idea because it was a good idea. That's it. <laughs> I answered it. Uh. Anyway. Anyways. Um. I. I. So I like the. I like the album because I feel like it's very Appalachian in a way. <laughs> Despite everything we just said. I do. Despite everything we just said, I feel like it's Appalachian New England. They they go up there. They go up into. They go up there. They go up there. They go up there. Yeah. The mountains go up there. They go up there. They go go up there. They go to Pennsylvania, right? That's where the Appalachians start. But Pennsylvania is not New England. Oh, so no. Never mind. Never Never mind. mind. (laughs) Those are Dutch people too, right? I mean, the, yes. the Pennsylvania Dutch is a thing. I don't know if yes. it's their whole thing. No, but those are Germans. Oh. <laughs> I just had to avoid saying three different curse words because I kept subbing one out for the other and none of them were fine. Uh, we uh, don't know. We're not trying to offend anyone we don't know. Bad <laughs> geography podcast. <laughs> That was that's always been Listen, the subject I've been worst at. I don't know where things what, are. I'm never going to know where things are. All the stereotypes are. we've thrown out there about New England have been largely positive. Yeah. Or just like it's fall there, which is kind of a neutral thing to yeah. say. Seafood and lovely weather. That's fine. Yeah. yeah they have nice they have gardens, seafood. I think. And seafood. Yeah. And the houses always look so pretty. And uh-huh. flannel. Yeah. Like and the Gilmore I, I only girls have, are up there. Yeah. Exactly. Stars Hollow is there. So, like, these are all positive. I think there are much worse things that are routinely said about West Virginia. Yeah. To be true. Yeah. It's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, I'm not going to repeat what I said because it wasn't accurate. I also <laughs> like it because um, <laughs> he, uh, he, he's, he's very, he's been very open about what the songs are about and, like, how he wrote them and he has been very honest about how there are like parts of himself that he acknowledges like aren't necessarily good or like need worked on things that aren't just like things he doesn't like about himself but things that like have been damaging to other people in his life about himself um and the song dial drunk is one of the i think best examples of that Mm -hmm. because it's from his perspective technically like the the narrator's perspective of him I guess getting pulled over and cop, you know, arrest mm-hmm. him and he's wanting to call the same person um who I for I believe we are to presume is like an ex mm-hmm. that you know isn't answering. Um and talking about that song he's talked about how you're not supposed to listen to this and be like, "Oh yeah, he's in the right." 
Like, you're not supposed to feel bad for him. You're not supposed to be like, oh, man, this is sympathetic. Like, Mm -hmm. he acknowledges that this is a side of him that has come out and has existed with people in his life um, and isn't necessarily good. Mm -hmm. Which I like because I think it's, it's not often that songwriters will explicitly say, you know, this is about how I've been kind of a not great person to people I love and that love mm-hmm. me. Yeah. It's interesting, though, because I don't think anyone's going to listen to that song, which I, I really like that song, and think, oh, yes, this is a bad person. I'm going to enjoy right. thinking that this person is a bad person. It's like, no, right. you, you like it because you relate to it on some level. Yes. Cause well, it helps that he sounds so, like, his music has a very vulnerable mm-hmm. kind of raw sound, right? Like, yeah. it doesn't sound too polished his voice is kind of like wavering at times mm-hmm. you know in that high falsetto it has that little bit of a like quiver to mm-hmm. it you know like yeah. it makes him seem like i am bearing something un maybe uncomfortable for me it's not he's not bragging he's not glamorizing right you know? that's a better way of putting it i think yeah um and i mean he said i know lots of artists say this but i've seen lots of videos from his concerts where he says constantly like i never thought about having to sing these songs in front of stadiums and crowds of thousands of people because i never thought i would be singing these songs in front of thousands of people like i thought i would just be writing my folk music in vermont and my friends would hear it or my mom would hear it um so you can tell it's very like it wasn't written for the masses but it's gotten very popular. When you talk about writing your folk music in Vermont, that is literally all I can think of as fall. I'm just thinking of like flannels right? and a campfire. Was it, I mean, it's delightful. It's a fall album. Yeah. But this was his this his first album. He he originally had more of like a pop vibe mm-hmm. going, right? And then this was his sort of redirection. Yeah. Um, and from what I can tell, which I was not familiar with him with his first album, um, I only listened to this one because this is what was out that I became familiar with um this this again I don't think he was as massively well known for that album I don't know if maybe I haven't actually seen what he said about that I don't know if maybe that was his attempt to be like marketable and appealing Mm -hmm. to wide audiences and now this was just like him writing music um I don't know it's a it's a good it's a good question but um um, yeah. It occurs to me, I mean, I listened to the whole album, but what is Stick Season? Um, Like the song? No, what is what that it, What is the season oh. of the... Must yeah, be what's... the season of the sticks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? I was kind of yeah. wondering that too. Is it, is it like, Stick Stickly? Well, like, in Remember my PO head... Box 963. <laughs> stick Season, like, like, returning to the sticks. You know what I mean? Like, in the sense that, like, it's fall and it's winter and, like, there's literal sticks, but, like, you're also out in the sticks. Stick season. Like, it's, it's you're returning to family that, and... Uh, he apparently explained it. I just Googled it. Oh. He well, said, it? it's the grim transitional time between autumn and winter when the foliage hasn't fallen and the snow hasn't arrived. Mm. Oh, the foliage has fallen. Sorry. So it's... Oh, and the snow hasn't arrived. When everything sticks. Everything sticks. There you go. It's quite yeah. literally sticks. That makes sense. That makes sense. And it also is like, I mean, I, I totally get that vibe. It is sad to me. Yeah. Like, and that is why a lot of it read like, 
as like music that I would probably listen to more likely if I was feeling like bummed out and just wanted like to, you know, indulge in my bum bummed outness for a little bit. Yeah. Experience some catharsis. Um, Cause that is, especially man around here, you don't know if the snow's coming. It's true. You may just get sticks all season. It's true. Sticks that happens all season, in West Virginia. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a whole stick winter. I'm uh I'm looking back at the the lyrics because I was looking at to see on on Genius if there's anything about stick season, and I'm realizing that like there are videos of tons of people like yelling this chorus because this is like I believe his most popular song, um, but it's like really sad. Like it's it's like I mean he says, I love Vermont but it's the season of the sticks and I saw your mom but she forgot that I existed and it's half my fault but I just like to play the victim. I'll drink alcohol till my friends come home for Christmas. Yeah. Like, it's 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 very sad. What? But some about that beat. I mean, mm-hmm. I, just, I mean I don't I don't know. Like I think that the whole point of this album is 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 sad, right? Like yeah. the song "Call Your Mom." Oh God! Mm-hmm. Oh man! Jeez! And it's Call beautiful. I was one, another one yeah. that I, I one of my favorite songs. I'll definitely listen to that song when I'm feeling bummed out. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah, Charlie asked me to stop that one. Yeah. Yeah, that She's one. Like, could um, we? Could we move on? <laughs> I uh, I feel like when I first listened to this, I can't remember exactly. I feel like I was driving back from DC or to DC. I was just in the car for a long period of time and kind of just zoning out. And this song came on and I was kind of just listening in the background and then I replayed it. So I was like, wait, I didn't listen to the words. I need to listen to that again. And when I realized that he says, don't let this darkness fool you, all lights turned off can be turned on. I just started like sobbing, <laughs> like uncontrollably, like, oh my God, that's beautiful. And also it just, I, I don't know. It's, and also that the song is called Call Your Mom. Oh. Then I, then I called our mom. Well, I mean, it's such a powerful chorus that it's just like, mm-hmm. I will call your mom. Like, yeah, I'll I'll be the person that will, you know, I don't know, Thanks. come through for yeah. you and, and try to take care of you. Like, it's it's yeah. very sad. But yeah, it's a lot of uh, there are a lot of songs that feel like breakup songs that feel like acknowledging the end of like a romantic mm-hmm. relationship. But it's interesting because most of them that feel like they're very explicitly about the end of a romantic relationship feel like an ad- admittance of like fault in the ending of that relationship it's not like angry or like you broke my heart or like you did this wrong or you did that it's a lot of like i'm sad and i'm heartbroken and i miss you but also like i am the reason that this that we're not together anymore well and he talks a lot about there are several different references to like alcohol yeah inherited darkness and stuff yeah and and, i mean i don't know i'm not going to sit there and you know, an artist writes from many different perspectives, yeah. but like, I also wonder if in that part of the country, if that's another thing we have in common yeah. around here, is like a lot of people substance with, abuse disorders. Yeah, mm-hmm. with substance abuse disorder, yeah. and a lot of people who are, you know, yeah. struggling with that, whether it's alcohol or drugs or whatever. Yeah, that also like that sense of loss, or like I'll call your mom. You know, that mm-hmm. makes me think of that too. Yeah. There's a, um, I really like, there's a, well, I mean, I don't enjoy it. I think, I, I appreciate it as, as art. Um, the, uh, in Dial Drunk, there's like a slight shift between the two verses in the, I guess, the, the bridge. 
there's like two it's almost a repeat of the same thing but it's slightly different and he has a line in there about how he goes from being charming to being like a, i forget the exact word he says but basically how he can flip a switch and be a different version of himself when he's not getting what he wants and like things aren't going his way when he's drinking mm-hmm. and that bridge is split into the first verse of him trying to get the cop to let him call this person like being nice like please i beg you like and then the next one it gets a little bit harsher and saying like you know f you just let me mm-hmm. do it like i'll do this i'll do that like angrier um i think that's a really smart way of kind of demonstrating what he's hinted at it's like oh this is what you mean yeah this is this is you becoming that person mm. yeah exactly yeah no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was good, though. Charming to alarming. That's what it is. Mm. Okay. I'll go from charming to alarming in seconds. Um, which, that is very... That. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. It's very that. What, uh, what is your favorite song on the album? My favorite song is You'll Go Far. Um, because... Or You're Gonna Go Far. Because it makes me cry. Um, it's, it's him singing to someone about them leaving their town and how Mm -hmm. all of us here, you know, we're always going to be here if you want to come back, but I'm happy to know that you're not here, that you're doing this and you know, you're, you're, we're not mad at you for leaving. We love you and we miss you and we're always going to be here, which is like, I feel like a double meaning of everyone that's here is always here. Mm-hmm. which I feel like is very relatable in, in Appalachia. I feel like it's a lot of like people don't necessarily leave a lot of the time when they're, when they're born here. Um, but also like, if you ever want to come back, we're always all going to be here. Mm-hmm. And that's why the little parentheses on the album is, well, I'll be here forever. It's cause that's the refrain in that song is all of us are going to be here forever. If you want to come back, if you don't, no matter what, everyone that's here is going to be here forever. I also wonder if they have the same phenomenon there that we have here, which is a lot of people do come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, much later. Like, they, they are eager to leave when they're young adults, mm-hmm. and then they wind up back here, mm-hmm. sort of when, like, they've retired or sure. the kids have grown up or whatever life yeah. change. Yeah. That is a, that's a common theme in this area. Yeah. Oh. I don't know why. Yeah. I, uh, hearing, hearing that one, the line where he says, Pack up your car, put a hand on your heart, uh, say whatever you feel, be whatever you are, we ain't angry at you, love. You're the greatest thing we've lost. <laughs> Hearing that while I was driving away from here to DC was um, absolutely heartbreaking. <laughs> I first it's, listen- a be- it's, a, it's a beautiful song, yeah. but. When I first listened to this song, I'm like, oh, I think I know where Riley likes this album. <laughs> yeah. She relates to this, this song in particular, probably matters to her. It's just, it, it does, and it's very, like, I, I can imagine that anyone who has left a small town feels that way, um, but more so just the, like, um, recentness of it all, of my life changing and coming back here for the summer and about to leave again and, and all that, just, um, yeah, very, get a, little, get a little emotional, but yeah, it's very, uh, it's very meaningful. Um, what about well, you all? What well, you I'll doing? be here forever, so there you go. Don't worry. Sydney's and Sydney's gonna start a commune here. I'm well, trying. Not like a sad, like oh, I'm in my small town. Like you, you could go anywhere. You're just happy there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh just, yeah. Let's recognize that. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that not. No, that, I don't mean that in a sad way. I just will be. <gasps> yeah. This is where I am, and I have rooms for both of you. So 
<laughs> tombs? Did you say tombs? tombs? I said rooms. <laughs> I have sweets for both of you. Sweets? For your own bathroom. Sweet, sweet. Release of death. Is that what you said? No. With your own bathroom. You can, you can build a home on my land. Mm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Justin knows woodworking. I'll help you garden. Is that your your kid's job is build? Yeah. Game, build. Game. We're, we're podcast. No, wood. you have podcast, wood. Ken. What are you talking podcast. about? <laughs> I have podcast, Ken. He, he does podcast. Uh, um, what, what about you all? What were your all's favorite songs on the album? Well, I really like Dial Drunk, but the mm-hmm. other one that um, I like, the Villages one. What is it? The View Between Villages. View Between Villages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, yeah, a lot of the songs we've talked about I really liked. Uh, but I think one that we didn't mention was uh, She Calls Me Back. Because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. it's such, I mean, so many of these songs are so heavy, and I don't think this one is not heavy, but I do think it's a beautiful sentiment of like, especially because I would say that the place he's writing from is so sad that it's mm-hmm. just like that the tiniest gesture can mean so mm-hmm. much when you're in a bad yeah. place. Yeah, it's true. I do like that song. Um, it's also funny if you're interested in looking it up. People jokingly called him Folk Malone. <laughs> instead of Post Malone because he does kind of look like Post Malone but obviously he does folk music and they just released a um, a remix of Dial Drunk that is Dial Drunk featuring Post Malone I saw oh, that that's funny yeah it's pretty good <laughs> um, I don't listen to Post Malone I listen to Folk Malone but yeah thank you all for listening and it was kind of a bummer album no nah, it's um, beautiful but yeah mm-hmm. it was I, I really enjoy his music I think it's um, very worth listening to if you haven't now we know everything about New England <laughs> We are experts in New England and geography now. At the, at the very least, we know what states are in it. Yep. Yeah, and I, I'm not, so. I've already You're forgotten. Not. I feel stupid about that. I, I guess I didn't really think it was England. I just thought, like. I had no idea. I, I thought know. it was, like, the general area. Yeah, just that part where people yeah. colonized first. English you know? people. Well, yeah, obviously, <laughs> obviously, yes, now I have figured that out. But I just thought it was like, you know, it was the part that got colonized first up there. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, what's, what's next? <laughs> uh, something completely different. Um, continuing with uh, trying to avoid struck media, I thought some uh, a video game would be acceptable. Um, so I want to talk about Mario... Now, there's a lot of Mario, but I feel like uh, if we focus in on, like, Mario Kart, that would be a good place. Um, yeah. Because I know we have all played quite a bit of Mario Kart. And if you want to dig into a little bit of, like, your standard Marios, you know, the original Big Three Marios, that's okay, too. When you say original Big Three Marios. Mario, Super Mario, Super Mario 3. Okay. Yeah. Just the you know the basics. Yeah, okay. You know the the basics, the We've standards. Played those. I don't. I mean, I I don't want to get too much into like Yoshi stuff or Luigi Haunted Mansion. Or... <laughs> I don't want to get too much into Yoshi stuff. <laughs> I, don't, I, I I like Yoshi I stuff, stay but away, that's all right. I will stay away from uh, Mario RPG. Search for the Seven Stars because I'm. That makes me so sad because I know it's your favorite. What about Mario and Sonic at the Olympics? <laughs> <laughs> They and play course, tennis there. And of course we will avoid talking about the film. Yes. As well. So we'll focus in on, on Mario the concept. <laughs> the vision of Mario. You know, as much as 
uh, Barbie is an idea. I think Mario is an idea. Oh no, we're gonna get the Mar- a new Mario movie, another one, but from like a conceptual basis. Yeah, oh, but like a no, they've already done that. But like it have to be more serious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you, Riley. Of course, thank, thank you, you all. For- for sharing that music it was really good it was very beautiful i will probably revisit it in the fall i think it will be appropriate <laughs> autumn music this yeah, is a pumpkin spice latte and some sadness during the stick mm-hmm. season mm-hmm. you can find that on spotify thank you and other music places like apple music it's on apple music too that's where i listen to it don't tell don't tell anybody we, we know yeah. um <laughs> Thank you to Maximum Fun. You should go to MaximumFun.org and check out a lot of great podcasts there that you would enjoy. Um, you can email us at buffering at MaximumFun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby, You Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I'm still buffering. And I am too. Help you start the first gardening plots out back. Oh my gosh. We, can, we can work on permaculture. Uh, what about plots? You have plots for us? <laughs> yes. Cooper has yeah. plots. We'll build a, a food forest. I'm just learning about food forests, but mm-hmm. we're, we're going to build it. You want to help me work on my pollinator garden? Mm. 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 I'm growing sunchokes now. Are you tired of being picked on for only wanting to talk about your cat at parties? Do you feel as though your friends don't understand the depth of love you have for your guinea pig? When you look around a room of people, do you wonder if they know sloths only have to eat one leaf a month? Have you ever dumped someone for saying they're just not an animal person? Us too. She's Alexis B. Preston. She's Ella McLeod. And we host Comfort Creatures, the show where you can't talk about your pets too much, animal trivia is our love language, And dragons are just as real as dinosaurs. Tune in to Comfort Creatures every Thursday on Maximum Fun. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.